Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. And our goal on this podcast is to make real life simple. So today, we're going to be talking about making the collection and retention of information simple. Is that even possible? Welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. This is Brad Williams, and today, Rusty and I will be talking about simple systems for information. But before we do that, I want to answer a few of uh, some questions from our listeners. So our first question, Rusty, uh, in reference to last week's conversation about time management, how do I do that if I tend to overschedule? <laughs> well, w- welcome to the club. I think many of us tend to think we can get more done than we possibly can. So I think you have to give yourself permission. Uh, how much of your day can you be busy? How much of your day can you be behind a desk? How much of it can you be away from a desk? How much of it should you be on your on your you know sc- in front of a screen? And what are the clear wins? And if you're not sure, sit down with a team of people that know you, or sit down with your boss and say, "Here's what I'm thinking is a is a reasonable amount of things to accomplish in a given week. What do you think?" Some of us just need people to give us permission for what to schedule. And when you plan that, then you can begin to try to fill in the gaps along the way. Same thing is true at home. Uh, I think my wife and I are very common to overestimate what we can accomplish on a given Saturday. Well, let's just schedule two or three things and excel at them uh, rather than failing at a few things that we didn't get to. So I think starting with some people in your life to talk this through and see what is the realistic way uh, to do this. I heard John Maxwell say one time that he always overestimates what he gets done. So now he's decided when he plans how long it takes to do something, he doubles the time. That's good. That allows him to kind of think through, okay, I think this will take me an hour, which means two. Uh, same thing with spending. I think this will cost me $10, better plan on 20 and then you're able to kind of budget from there. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, all right, so question number two. Uh, what's a good book to read about time management over the holidays? Oh, my. There's so many uh, good ones. There's um, obviously the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is the uh, the Bible of uh, time management. Yes, it is. I think, think there's some great blogs out there. I know one book that you and I are particularly fond of is uh, Four Disciplines of Execution. Tell me why that book was so important for you, Brad. I love 4, 4DX was, uh, that's the abbreviated title, but 4DX is, um, was a game changer for me only because it's, it's extremely simple and sometimes we forget that there is a discipline that you have to have to execute something at a high level. So when it comes to any type of planning, um, the thing I love about 4DX is they're simple steps, but they're extremely vital when it comes to time management and execution. Um, one of the main things is, you know, they call it a wig, you know, have no more than one or two goals, like big goals, the goals that will impact your day or your week or your month, or if you're a business planning your quarter, uh, your quarter, like what's the biggest thing that I can do right now that's going to have the biggest impact on my business or my home. And you take that goal and then you discuss what lead measures and the lead measures is another word for just activities but what lead measures can we agree on that will get us just to that goal and and for me i think um it starts a great conversation in regards to 
Okay, what can we do that can help us to achieve the goal? And if we agree to these things, we're not going to go off course. We're going to just do these things, you know, and then uh, they have you create a compelling scoreboard. So if we do these things, let's keep track of are these things helping us win the game or get to the goal or are they detracting or taking away from that? You have to have a scoreboard to keep track of whether these activities are helping or hurting. You know, and a part of the whole, like, this whole process is celebrating the small wins, communicating, um, just making sure that you're always revisiting the goal and the main purpose and those lead measures. So I could get more into the book. I don't want to talk too much about the book, but I, I love this book. And if you haven't picked it up and read it, please read it. It is a game changer for business, uh, for home, for everything. Yeah, and the the wigs that you mentioned uh, it's an abbreviation for wildly important goals, mm-hmm. and and I would agree with you, Brad. I wish I'd read this book twenty years ago. I wish it had been out. But even if you don't have the time to read the entire thing, just get the summary. The executive summary you can find on Amazon it gives you the high points and really can get you started on it uh, as you find time to read the book. Uh, but it's it's really really good, and many many people are using it to uh, prioritize the difference between a wildly important goal and the whirlwind of life, which is where most of us spend the most of our time. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing I love about it too. It's a realistic book. Uh, it's not saying hey, organize my whole life. It realizes that no, your life is cra- way too crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just 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 pick that one thing that's going to impact it and take twenty percent of your time and, and focus on getting to that goal. And then eighty percent of the time is is spent dealing with the whirlwind. Wow! You know, so yeah, so great book, great book. Um, so the questions once again were uh, awesome. You guys are sending in some amazing questions. If you are listening, you have not sent a question in yet. Uh, please submit your questions to rgeorge at reallifechurch.org. That's rgeorge at reallifechurch.org, so we can talk about and answer your questions uh, on this podcast. So. All right, here we go. Um, we're going to get to uh, the main thing, keeping the main thing the main thing. So, Rusty, please tell us um, where you get your information, how you process it, and how you retain it. Because we're talking about simple systems. Mm. Um, so, you know, I know I need help with this. I'm sure a lot of people listening need help with this. Uh, yeah, so tell us. Tell us how you process your stuff, how you retain it, and where you get it. Yeah, I remember being back in in Bible college, and uh, we were in a preaching class. Uh, The big word for it is homiletics. Mm -hmm. And I'm in this class, and this this kid on the front row, um, I remember his name. I won't tell you what it is, but I remember him. And he, he asked a question to the professor, and he said, how do we find illustrations? Is there a book that we use? And the professor looked at him and said, how old are you? And he said, 20? And he said, man, you're a walking book of illustrations. You just got to read your life. And I never forgot that moment when, you know, this kid was publicly humiliated, which was, you know, <laughs> amusing to the rest of us. Right. Uh, but at the moment, I thought, well, that's a good point. We're all filled with different life experiences and stories that we could share with others. And they don't always have to be great. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, I can't, I can't teach, I can't share, I can't help anybody because I don't have it all figured out. Well, that's when we teach best, when we share with people the mistakes that we've made, the struggles that we have. So the, I guess what I'm trying to say is you've got to prune all the information 
And that is some of it is your own life. Some of it is the blogs that you read, the podcasts you listen to, the books that you read, the stories that you read about, you know, in your 15 minutes of news reading during the day, or you might read or see something on television or whatever it is. But you are constantly collecting information. The question is, how are you storing it? So for me, I feel like I've always got a talk I need to give. I've got a message I have to write or a book I'm working on. I've got to constantly be on the lookout for information. So I have discovered in the the old days, I used to use boxes. And people that have seen my office uh, years ago would often still joke about this with me. But I just had these big shoe boxes up on a shelf. And they'd have uh, different labels on them. And as I would see articles or I'd read books or I'd get information, I'd just throw it in that box. And then when it came time to deal with that subject, I'd just take the box off the shelf, dump it out, start going through it. Not a new idea, something an old pastor once told me. But nowadays, you can use Evernote. And Evernote, and I'm definitely not being sponsored by them to say this, um, but I would welcome the choice if Evernote were to do that. Uh, (laughs) Evernote allows you to create all these different files and you can sort them by, I think Michael Hyatt uses who, what, when, where, or how. Uh, I tend to use the seven roles I play in my life, kind of a Stephen Covey thing from author to teacher to leader to father, those kind of things. And then as things come up, just dump them over there. And it's so simple because you can actually take a picture of a book and dump that picture into a file. If you use a uh, kind of a, a, a reading service like Feedly or something like that, where you scroll through a bunch of blogs and a bunch of uh, um, news articles during a day, if you find an article that you happen to like or you think, oh, I think I'll use this one day or this might be helpful at home, I'll read this over dinner to the kids, you can just send it over there. They actually have an Evernote link that you can send that article over to Evernote and put it in a particular file. And now it's all in one place. So that's where I collect all my external data. Now, when it comes to like, I'm at home, I'm reading a book, spiritual disciplines kind of stuff, uh, I write that in a journal. And I still keep a journal by a chair and I'll write down different things that I'm reading um, and different, different thoughts that I'm feeling. And here again, Michael Hyatt, amazing journal out there that basically asks you five or six questions you have to wrestle through every day, allows you to collect some of these things. And then finally, I'll read stuff just for pleasure and uh, things like books on coaches and sports and teams and things like that. And so what I'll do with those books is I'll just read them on Kindle because I'm not going to really, you know, underline a bunch of stuff or Audible. I'll listen to them. And that, that really is just to shut my mind off rather than have to collect anything for later. So that's typically what I do. And then what I'll do is I'll review that stuff monthly and just see what's in there so I don't forget about it. And the quicker I can turn it into a blog, a podcast, a message, um, or something to share with somebody else, a staff meeting, um, the quicker I begin to retain it because now I'm actually using it. No, that's good. That's good. Um, just you know, hearing you talk, um, when it comes to individuals out there who are pastors or who are teachers and who have to do this, um, I think that's an exceptional system. One, one thing, one tip I heard, um, and I actually use this too, but I use it more so for marketing and social uh, media purposes when I have to create content. Um, it's taking a big, long piece of content and 
breaking that up into smaller bits of content. Mm. You know, because you have, a, to your point, the first point you made in terms of the stuff's already inside of you, you know, you'll, you'll preach a message, like a great message, you know, like the one we just came out of, the dark room. And there's a lot of great stuff in that. So now when you go back and you break it up into smaller pieces, you know, you're creating a lot more um, content just by doing that. So I agree as far as getting the information, a lot of it's inside of you and it's how you want to break it up and organize it that you have to figure out. That's good, Brad. Um, That's good. But w what what has not worked for you? Because a lot of this stuff is great, but I know um, that you know this can be stressful for a lot of people. So what's not worked for you? I think what hasn't worked for me is using multiple systems. We talked a little bit about this last week with time management. But if I'm storing some stuff on Evernote, uh, some stuff in a, a, a box on a shelf, some stuff in a file system, um, and some stuff just written down on my computer or in my notes app on my phone, there's no way of knowing what's where. And oftentimes I'll waste a lot of time searching for something in one file when it's really in another. So with Evernote, the great thing is you can put it all in there and then all you have to do is search a keyword, it'll go find it for you. So the quicker you get stuff, into one system, the better off you will be. Mm -hmm. Don't you find that to be true, Brad? Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, for me, my system is uh, Google Drive. Mm, that's a good and one. So I'll take the Google Drive and I'll create folders um, and I, I'll have to go back and organize it from time to time. But for me, that's the best way to have most of my information in one place. Because to your point, um, a lot of great information out there it's one thing to retain it, uh, to store it, but you have to be able to find it. Right. And for me, it makes it easy to search. And also, um, my bookmarks uh, bar, mm. you know, on my computer. Mm -hmm. So, like, to your point with the articles, if I find a great article, I'll put it in a folder in my bookmarks bar. And the most important folders are at the top of that bar, so I'm always looking at it. So, a lot of times, I'll, I'll get someone um, to ask me a question. I require something, and I need to have quick access to it. Mm. And I'm always on my laptop. So for me, that seems to be uh, extremely helpful. Oh, that's a great idea. That's good. You know, one of the questions I often get is, well, what do you do with these books that you've read and the highlights that you've made and all of that? Because um, yeah. I, I do, I still love the physical book and I like to write in it and underline things. And, and I have to be careful when I loan them out because sometimes I'll jot people's names in there as to, oh, I should do this with so-and-so, <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> You don't want to pass that on to somebody and they realize, oh, that's what you've been doing. So <laughs> what, what I'll often do is I'll, I'll highlight stuff, but then I'll write next to it where it can be filed. And then I might uh, then take a picture of it and send it to Evernote. Or if I'm done with the book, I might hand it to somebody who will then take pictures of it and put it into my Evernote for me. Um, and then they get to keep the book or I can pass it on to somebody else. Um, it becomes a way to keep sharing data, but then I retain the stuff that I really need. No, that's real good. That's real good. Um, I, I love, personally, I love the ebooks because you can do highlight and then they store it for you a lot of the time. And then you just take that information that's already stored within Kindle or wherever you're reading that book at and move it to wherever you want to move it to. So That's true. I have done that a couple of times or even just printed it out and now I've got it in physical form. I kind of like that too. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of my favorite things, our favorite ways to use about highlighted info. Um, so what ideas, cause I, I love, um, I love car rides. 
because mm-hmm. you can you can think I, I had a commute uh, back in the day that was uh, from Santa Clarita to Inglewood, and mm. uh, it, it's like about you know uh, what thirty thirty eight miles, but four hours. Yep. This is when you were playing for the Lakers, right? Yeah, I don't like to I don't like to divulge too much of my past, but yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, it took it took like I mean an hour and a half, you know, just to get to work uh, in three hours sometimes based on traffic. But I would say I was in uh, my uh, car university because mm-hmm. that's where that's you know the podcast and everything else. Um, you know, I would consume all those things during that time. But um, what ideas do you get in the car? Wow. I I get a lot of ideas. And they say the reason that you have these ideas, like a lot of your ideas come in the shower mm-hmm. because your, your, your mind is not engaged in that, uh, that thinking wavelength about work or business or whatever. And you're doing something out of, you know, mindless rote. You're washing your hair, you're shaving, you know, you're, you're driving, you're thinking about other things. And then good ideas come to you for something else. So what do you do with that information? Um, I typically will use the voice recorder on my phone, and I will record it. And then you can send that to, and you can even record it this way, through an app called uh, TMI, and it's spelled T-E-M-I. So I don't know if it's Timmy or TMI, but uh, that will actually record it for you, and then it will, it will turn it into a transcript for you. So it's for those of you that blog, you can blog while in the car. You just say it all into that, that app or even to any kind of voice recorder. And then you can use this, this type of an app, and there's other ones out there too, to turn it into a transcript. Then all you got to do is clean it up. And now what used to start with a blank page is pages of content that you just get to clean up and turn into an actual document, presentation, or a blog. Well, that's good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking that one for real. Mm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I never really knew. I mean, I'm pretty proud of how much I know about this whole social media stuff. I never knew that app existed. Yeah, and a buddy of mine uh, named Rob McDowell told me about that um, a few months ago, and I've started doing that with all kinds of things. It's just amazing how quick it is. And how accurate it is as well. It just saves you a ton of time. And I know that there are students today that will use the the voice apps, you know, to write their papers. Man, I wish I'd had that when I was their age, don't you, Brad? I know, right? Oh but uh, I I find that uh, using these kind of things still helps us today too. Yeah, no, nah, and um, I was usually using um, you know, the notes in the phone, and I had a voice memo in the phone too. But the whole transcribing that for you. That's a game changer. Yeah, it really it's is. A game changer. So once again, I have really enjoyed this conversation, Rusty. Thank you. I enjoyed it too, Brad. I hope everybody listening enjoyed it and learned something from it and took copious notes if you needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so next week, uh, you have an interview with Tim Harlow. So tell us a little bit about Tim. Tim is a pastor in the Chicagoland area, and he is a guy that has been a mentor to me, and he's an all-around good guy, funny guy, and has recently released a book called What Makes Jesus Mad? And it's probably a lot different than you think, and it's such a fascinating read and hilarious and insightful and encouraging. So we're going to talk to Tim about that book. So make sure you join us next week. And as always, please share this with a friend. Thanks so much.